Have you ever wanted to own a tropical island? Tripcast 360 is sponsored by St. Eustatius. Looking for a place where tranquility and adventure coexist? Look no further than the beautiful Caribbean island of St. Eustatius. From hiking trails to underwater adventure and pristine beaches, Stacia has it all. To learn more about Stacia, check out their website, stacia-tourism.com. Hello and welcome to TripCast 360, the podcast of Lively Better about travel, lifestyle, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from a very, very windy Las Vegas, Nevada. And I am joined, as always, by the man who just returned from his home country of Barbados, Dave Cumberbatch. Davey, I got wind gusts outside my window of about 40, 50 miles an hour right now. So if you hear this whistling sound, it's not me. Is it one of those haboobs again? No, it's just high wind. I mean, this is the time of year, and this is the third wind event we've had in the last week. Uh, mm. Last week, it was so bad. I was literally across the street from the airport. A plane took off. It got 50 feet in the air, and I couldn't see it. Wow. But from wow. all the dust and dirt blowing up off the desert floor. And, and I have allergies, so this doesn't do me any good. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why I never moved to Vegas. Ah, you just said <laughs> You just spelled it out for me. Yesterday it was 90 here, and we still had wind gusts around 40 miles an hour, and everything, the dirt just obscures the mountains. I mean, you know, I'm less than maybe 15-minute drive from Mount Charleston, which is a 12,000-foot peak. Most days in Vegas, you can see it clearly. Not then, and it had nothing to do with inclement weather. It had to do with the wind. Wow. Well, you can stay in Vegas. Uh, No, thank you. California is still calling me. Remember, I work in entertainment. I don't want to be here much longer. (laughs) (laughs) Another subject matter in the news. You see they're lifting the the mask mandate? Yeah, I kind of saw that coming anyway. I mean, when the CDC only extended it for 15 extra days, that kind of told me that uh, somebody was going to challenge it and took the opportunity and, and get rid of it. I don't know if the administration's going to challenge it at this stage of the game. I just wish they wouldn't. My bigger thing with this whole mask stuff is just if somebody wants to wear a mask, let them. If they don't, fine. Just let it go. Stop getting in other people's business. I hate the fact that healthcare is politicized now. It wasn't politicized when we were growing up. I mean, I was a little boy when the polio vaccine came out. And everybody got it. We, we never thought twice about it. I'm also an Air Force vet. When the government said, go get a shot, we just went and got the damn shot. We didn't think twice about it. Now it's like a big deal. So I don't. I've never understood the politicization of something that should not be political. Well, well, welcome to 2022, man. Come on. Yeah, it makes me want to take that minor iron in political science and throw it in a garbage can. (laughs) 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 But when you're a journalism major, they make you minor in something. I didn't have a lot of choices when I looked at sociology and some of that. And nah, uh, I'm out. (laughs) On another subject I was reading in the news, they said the president of El Salvador is... He's actually talking about making the official currency Bitcoin. Ooh. How about that? <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but I like I, it's got some. I don't know. I have to think about that one. I don't know how it's going to work, but he's seriously talking about making the official currency Bitcoin. That's yeah, to help the drug guys hide their money better. Oh, gee, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Anyway, um, normally I would carry on with this banter a long time, but the guy we got on today's show has has got me excited for a whole host of reasons. I had never in my life thought about buying an island through crowdfunding. Do I want to buy an island? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, there's, there's places I'd love to buy one tomorrow if I had the financing. But these guys actually pulled it off. And I am like, 
beyond excited to get him in here and, and have this discussion. Um, but before we do, let me do the housekeeping notes that I do at the beginning of every show. The TripCast 360 podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, but the best place to catch it is on our website at TripCast360.com. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you got to do to get people excited. And if you have any show ideas for us to cover in the future, that's easy to address. Just send us an email to contact at TripCast360.com. And lastly, uh, Dave, I know we're doing some social media stuff. You can tell them about that. Yeah, we are on Facebook. We are on LinkedIn. We are on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, we do all of that. And um, we're excited that you guys are following us. But we want you to continue to do that. You tell your friends about us, like us, tag us. Just spread the word. Yep. Spread the word. Now, let's get on with today's show. Our guest is Marshall Mayer. He was born in New York City and has traveled extensively before joining his now business partner, Gareth Johnson, in the Let's Mine Island project. He studied history and languages, worked for more than a decade in global finance and commerce, and founded a humanitarian company providing disaster relief in the Philippines. So it's probably no small wonder why now he's involved in buying an island through crowdfunding. Marshall, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Michael. Most certainly, Michael, I'll, I'll tell you, I must admit, I've had the thought about purchasing an island. I got really excited about it. Um, I thought it was unattainable. I really didn't think that that could happen. But after reading the stories, I read a lot of stories about your project in the news uh, globally, not just in North America, not in Europe, but it seems to be in, in quite a few global news stories, newspapers, etc. And after reading all of that, I recognized that, you know what? Uh, this is not just a dream after, after reading about your project. Um, where did you get that idea? What was the impetus? How did that came to mind for you? So, you know, it's a good question. I, 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 think, I, I, think it, I think I'll start with where you started, which was you thought about it, right? Yeah. You know, David, you've thought about it. Michael, you've thought about it. I've thought about it. We all kind of have this thought. And sometimes we have it as kids. Sometimes we have it as adults. Some of us outgrow it and some of us don't outgrow it. Um, you know, th this idea that, you know, oh, wouldn't it be cool to own a private island? Wouldn't it be cool to have, you know, my private jet? Wouldn't it be cool to own a castle? You know, whatever whatever the thing is, um, we've all had that thought before. And uh, and it started with some conversations between me and my, my partner, um, Gareth, and, and we basically we asked that question, what if, you know, what if we could do this? And we, we thought we'd put in, you know, an afternoon of, uh, of trying to figure out whether these things are actually affordable. Um, if there's anything that's within a price range, that's even, you know, attainable. And, uh, and that afternoon turned into a, a month, turned into a year, you know, turned into a few years. And, and uh, here we are today, you know, in the end, these properties, you know, they're properties like anything else. The only difference is they're surrounded by water on all sides, which, you know, helps obviously because it's you know for property value, but uh, but it adds this mystique to it, which I think is is makes us all think that it's unattainable. But it's really surprisingly straightforward because in the end, you have an owner. The owner's got a title, and that title is connected to a piece of land. So it's it's just a matter of finding the property that works for you, getting the pricing that works for you, you know, negotiating it like you would any house or or lot, and uh, and making an offer. Um, but, but the way we did it, I think is really exciting because for me, you know, I, this, the idea of, you know, I don't look at it as a crowd, so to speak, when we, when people talk about crowdfunding, I look at it as a community that we're building. 
Um, and it's a community funded program and our community funded project. And it's one that we want to be, uh, you know, not just a private island that we're going to shut ourselves out from the rest of the world. We want to be able to welcome people to that, um, you know, Belizeans and, and non-Belizeans alike to come to our island, to enjoy it, to, to experience, you know, the, the sun and the sand and the weather, um, but also just, you know, a nice relaxing place to get away from it all. But you teased it just now when you mentioned uh, Belize. But what what made you choose that geographical location? And how did you hear about this island that's for sale? So when we started looking up um, uh, islands, there's there's one website that if you look up private islands, um, I won't name and drop them here because I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Um, but but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a few websites out there that will list private islands. Uh, many of them are already sold. They're stale, you know, postings or, or as far as we can tell, have never really existed. Um, and, and so in terms of, you know, if you wanted to look up properties and say, okay, I want an island, you're not going to get a lot of stuff that kind of comes out um, for you. What the best thing to do is to kind of hunt down local real estate agents in areas where, you know, there are lots of islands and see if they can ask around in their areas. Um, and that's what we ended up doing. And we looked at jurisdictions all over the world. And I mean, uh, as, as you said, I teased it, but we ended up in Belize. But before that, we looked in, um, hold on, let me take a deep breath. Ireland, Estonia, Malaysia, Philippines, Panama, US, Canada, um, uh, Nicaragua, and Belize. I think, I think that covers all of them. So, so, oh, and we, we looked at one off the coast of Kenya as well, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of islands that are out there and, uh, and we chose Belize for a number of reasons. One, it was the price that we wanted. Um, you know, that's obviously very important. It was also weather that we wanted and, and it was a size that, you know, was workable. Um, those were kind of, you know, the main things. Um, but on top of that, it was accessible. It was, uh, you know, it's only a few miles off the coast. It's near a major international airport. You can be there within an hour of landing. Um, and and I think sort of the, the hidden gem that makes Belize what it is, besides all of the obvious things uh, from an ownership perspective, is um, it has a very straightforward set of ownership rules. And a lot of countries in the world do not have as straightforward ownership procedures. So, for example, when we looked at a place like Panama, you know, we were warned by people who have done business there before that the way it's set up, it's the old French system that uh, that in order to prove that you own something, you have to say who you bought it from. You have to know who they bought it from and who they bought it from and who they bought it from. And you get that provenance going all the way back. And if at some point, and this has happened in the past, um, you know, a, a local Panamanian comes in and says, actually, this is mine. My grandfather owned it and it was taken from them unfairly or whatever it is. You know, they can come in and often take back the land that you think you've bought. Wow. So, uh, but Belize doesn't have that. It's a central land registry and you work through the government and you get, you know, you get your permit and you get your deed and it's yours. And it's, it's indisputable because it's done through um, a central recognized entity. So I think that that is, um, you know, it's a boring detail. <laughs> But, Actually, they're very important, important detail. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's the classic case of you know the devil is in the details there, and so Belize has all of these things going for it. And I think, but I think as a as a business owner and as a as a landowner, the most important thing that it has going for it is that you really own the land, um, and that's um, you know that's vital. 
Did, did the government put any restrictions or any covenants on you in terms of what you could do with the land? Uh, no, I mean, we we do have to go out for permits uh, in order to to do anything with the land. And that's sort of the next step for us. Uh, there's uh, dredging permits to get, uh, you know, to be able to put in a, a dock and to build out a beach. Uh, we'll put in, in for environmental permits uh, based on our footprint of what we want to build. We likely won't have to go through a huge environmental impact survey. Um, we'll do something that's a little bit more, not informal, but but just a smaller, quicker you know process. Uh, and then we'll need building permits as well, but there's nothing, um, there's nothing that we have to do. That's, that's, uh, you know, to, to overcome any, any explicit restrictions. Right. I, I was also very intrigued that I'm just going to label it crowdsourcing for or crowd or sure, sure. yeah, for the community. For of, yeah, there you go. Community fund. That's, that's the phrase I was looking for that you used earlier. What made you go that route? Well, I don't have $200,000 to spend on an island. So. You could have borrowed it from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, it, it's in part that I didn't necessarily have the funds on hand to, to do it you know, outright. Um, but in part because this is the kind of project that, you know, okay, look, if I, if I had, you know, Bezos level money, <laughs> right, or, 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 or Musk Richard level Branson. money. <laughs> or Richard Branson level money, then yeah, okay, I could buy myself a, you know, a huge island with a ton of stuff. I can have all my friends come down and hang out and it's very chill and whatever. You know, but I'm not at that level. And and this is not a project that I'm that even if I could do at where I am, that I would want to do on my own. Uh this this is something that I think inherently makes it more interesting and more enjoyable to do with people that you know. And um and many of our investors are, are, you know, started as friends or have become friends since, uh, you know, since joining uh, the project. And so being able to go down there and every time a couple of different people who've invested in the property make the trip to come down as well, because they want to see it, they want to join, they want to be there. Um, it's just so much fun to spend the time with them and to be able to camp out and, uh, and in, enjoy it together. Yeah, so I saw you hired a film crew and had a couple beers on the beach while you were there. We, uh, I, saw, I well, saw those pictures. <laughs> We we didn't hire the film crew. We uh, it was a friend of the company actually who uh, who works for uh, one of these like uh, MTV shows, you know, the the Teen Mom or one of those one of those kinds of reality shows. <laughs> he was filming for them, and um, uh, and he came down with us on a trip to to do some filming for uh, for a Kickstarter that we got delayed because of the pandemic, and then now uh, we'll probably launch soon to try to sort of increase what we're able to stretch our dollar to be able to do on the on the property right now. As an investor, uh, how much do you have to invest, and what does an investor? How does an investor get return on his investment? Is it is it sort of like that whole timeshare model? So we don't look at it as a timeshare model. People don't get like specific days or weeks that they can spend there. Um, mm -hmm. What the way we've organized it, and I, and I think that's a good thing because I don't want. Uh, I, I morally don't believe in timeshares personally. Um, I, I think it's a, it was a great idea that's been co-opted by a sad industry. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's, for us, we look at it, it's a fractional ownership model, right? So um, we are looking to build um, a, a four to six room bed and breakfast effectively, you know, with a small restaurant on, on, the, on the island. And we're trying to... Um, we're trying to turn that into a profit-making enterprise. So, so when money comes in for, um, you know, from our guests, we'll be able to hopefully justify some dividends to get back to our investors, which will be great. 
Um, but we also want our investors to be able to come and stay there. And so uh, what we've decided that we're going to do is, you know, eventually we'd like to have kind of an investor hut, you know, in the back that's available for investors for free, um, provided no one else is staying there. Um, but that's more just a, it's an honor system thing where, you know, you just contact us, say, Hey, I'm an investor. I want to come down. Is it free this weekend? Great. Okay. Um, and if it isn't free, you, you know, you can get one of the main rooms or you can come visit during the day anytime you want. So, so it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's provided it's available, it's available to investors. If they want to stay in the main rooms, what we've decided is we're going to do basically at cost, um, instead of, you know, charging a markup. So, uh, so it allows our investors to be able to enjoy the island, but not, you know, not for the same, you know, for, for, for a pretty significant discount. As far as return on investment, yeah, once we start making some money on rentals and, you know, from the restaurant, bar, uh, and, you know, any other extras that we offer, like scuba diving or boat tours or whatever, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, that hopefully will be able to come back to investors in the form of dividends. And then, of course, any sale of the business, if we were to do that down the road, would also come back to investors. I see on your website, you've got the distinction between become an investor and become a citizen. <laughs> Explain that one to us. So the, the citizen aspect is interesting. This, this was, full disclosure, not my idea. Um, but my, my partner, Gareth, uh, has, you know, he and I are, are big travelers and he's been to probably twice as many countries as I have. Uh, and he's a huge fan of this concept of the unrecognized nation. Um, you know, there's, there's something... Again, when you're looking at the mystique of owning an island and having an island, there's also something kind of mystical about a nation of people that considers themselves independent, but the world does not. And, and they're trying to push for some form of independence, but the world doesn't recognize them. And, uh, you know, you've got sort of very, uh, you know, legitimate examples of this, you know, breakaway regions, uh, you know, there's independent movements in uh, Catalonia, where Barcelona is, and, and in Quebec and in Canada, you know, every few years where people want to push for an actual independence movement, then you have regions like Transnistria and Moldova that's, you know, a, a semi-functioning country with the backing of Russia to be kind of separatist, but not really. And then you have, and then you have um, the more tongue-in-cheek nations out there. And that's where we sort of fall in, right? We are okay. not trying to escape from Belize in any way. We're still paying our taxes. We're part of the country. But, but we are we've always been intrigued by this concept of the micro nation. And these are, you know, your artist communities like uh, in Copenhagen and Vilnius, Lithuania, you have, uh, what is it? Christiania and Ujipis, you know, these two little artist communities that people come and visit, uh, you know, buy crafts and relax. You have, um, you know, sea land off the coast of, uh, also off the coast of the UK that is, um, uh, probably the most famous micronation out there. There's one not far from you, Michael, that uh, where you are right now, um, somewhere outside Vegas, there's, I think it's called Moravia. And I haven't been there yet, but there's this guy who basically had his property and his neighbor's properties in the desert, consider themselves their own country. They have their own little post office. It's a tiny little hut. They have their own little, you know, passport station. It's a tiny little hut. Uh, and, you know, he's in the middle of the desert, nowhere near the water. He's built this huge naval monument to himself. Um, and, and he writes, uh, checks every year to the IRS, you know, for his tax, you know, for his taxes. Um, but he writes foreign aid on the memo line, um, because, you know, he still pays his taxes. He just wants them to know that it's foreign aid to the United States. So, 
so that that's where we fall in. And so so the the yeah. long story short of this is is uh, you know we thought it'd be fun to call ourselves a micronation to put a little fun spin on it to get people involved from a community aspect. Um, and to help build that community of people around the world who want to be a part of this kind of project. Um, so to invest in the project, you know, outright and to be an investor and own a piece of, of the company is, is uh, it was originally priced a little over $3,000. It's now about four and a half thousand as, as the, the risk has gone down as we get closer to, you know, being able to, to buy this property um, and then, and build on it. Uh for citizens, though, it's a twenty dollar. Come join us. You know, be be a part of the club. Kind of kind of purchase. And we've had you know hundreds and hundreds of people come in and just say, "Yeah, I want to be a citizen." This sounds like fun. Like, let's support yeah. this. Um, and you can also go and get yourself a noble title. You can become a lord or a lady of Islandia if you like. Um, That's me. <laughs> so uh, you know, and and we'll have we'll have some more stuff down the road. Maybe we'll start uh, looking at dukes and earls and. Duchesses. And <laughs> I didn't realize that you because that you could become a citizen of a micro nation as opposed to the uh, macro uh, nations that are recognized uh, globally. Well, well, look, look at it like this: you you can you can go to um, Walt Disney World and you can get uh, you know. I forget how much it costs, but you know, you can become ambassador from your place to Walt Disney World. You know, oh, it's, interesting. It's, uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you you can you can be anything from anywhere. The only the only thing that makes a citizen of our country, of our micronation, I should say, any different than a citizen of uh, of any other recognized nation is that you know our people can't cross borders with their with their citizenship. I mean, it's it's right, uh, right. It, it's a title by any other name and it's and uh, yeah. and we just look at it as you know it's it's price of membership to a fun club right 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 well um coffee k is the name of the island off the coast of belize explain the whole concept of the principality of islandia well that that's it i mean it's the micronation concept it's it's the idea that when you come and join us you know you are entering a different world you know we want people okay. to feel like they're moving into a new place you know even beyond the beauties of belize which are are great and many you know to to sort of to step it up to this this uh you know affordable luxury that you know that you know we can provide um but again i mean it's all it's all very tongue-in-cheek we're having some fun right. with it <laughs> it's not intended to be anything other than that i i, I think I, that's I, a cool like, marketing thing i love it oh yeah i'm, I'm a big fan I, I i liken it to um there's another island, um, and I will name drop this one because I do like him. Uh, there's another island a little <laughs> bit further south of us in Belize, and it's called, I believe, it's King Louis Pirate Resort, mm-hmm. and and it's a it's a small little island. And this guy from uh, Washington State went down there, Louis, and uh, and he built this little mini resort, and it's um, uh, it's got you know, pirate themed everything, you know, big pirate statues and mountains of fake gold and, you know, you know, other, you know, pirate costumes that you can get and all kinds of, you know, fun things. And he does these pirate themed parties, you know, but last I checked, he's not attacking passing ships and he's not stealing (laughs) anything. He's not involved in any form of, you know, actual piracy and he does just fine. Tell us how you get, get there and how the island is supported, supported, in terms of uh, electricity, medical, you know, all the things that you need to be able to survive on the island. Sure, sure. So, so to get there is is actually fairly simple. Um, from Belize City, uh, if you you know if you're coming from internationally, you fly into Belize City. It's about 20-25 minutes uh, into the city, 
and uh, and then you just head to the shore and pick up a boat from wherever it is that you want to get your boat. And ten to fifteen minutes later, you're on the island. It's a it's a very close um, it's a very close trip. So you're not too remote, even though you can barely barely make out the tops of the buildings of Belize City from from where you are on the island at night. Um, you know, you you have that feeling of remoteness, but you are close to the city if you need to be. Um, so as far as medical and emergency services, um, we do have that luxury of being able to be able to get someone back, uh, you know, to the shore, to a real hospital, um, you know, in in a quick uh, in, in quick fashion rather than, um, you know, needing a full medical facility on site. Uh, as far as electricity, we're uh, we're working on plans right now for what we're going to build on the island. Um, but it'll be uh, fully solar powered and uh, hopefully we'll get some wind power in there as well because there's a pretty constant um, strong wind coming out of the east. Uh, you know, and every time I've been there, it's always from the same direction and it's always pretty strong. So if we can get a good windmill going, um, we'll, we'll be able to power that thing forever. So, so the, 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 that's that. And then as far as um, everything else, I mean, we're, we're looking at fully off-grid um, solutions for pretty much everything. So septic will be, um, there's uh, tanks that you can get that will break everything down and sort of release it back into the soil clean. Um, there's uh, really cool technology now with drinking water. You can get these panels that will pull moisture out of the air um, to create drinking water. Um, and uh, for cell phone service and internet, we have uh, LTE service from Belize City that reaches us. So we have, uh, we have access to, uh, to fast service there. And, um, and yeah, and I think that pretty much covers everything. Um, at some point, I, I, I haven't found any in Belize. We might have to import it. I don't want to import too much if I can, but um, for our boat as well, we're, we're hoping to have an electric motor as well because we'd love to, to be as, as green as we can be while we're out there. We keep talking about this island, but we didn't mention it's 1.2 acres. It's 1.5 acres. It was a typo. One point, in the, uh, in the okay. Area. I'm not going to cheat you out of 0.3. Yeah, know. please don't. Please don't. We need every bit we can. <laughs> but, um, I mean, be, being that small, I would imagine there's a, there's a certain percentage of intimacy, isn't there? You know, there is and there isn't. It's it's not a terribly wide island. It's it's long. And, I mean, it's called Coffee Key because it's shaped a little bit like a coffee bean. Um, okay. And... So it's it's sort of long and thin and and curves a little bit um, in the water, and and what's nice about that is you kind of have these sort of three sections of the island that are sort of natural. One is you know the front, which is behind me in our in our Zoom chat, um, which is kind of the the tip where we're going to have the beach. It's going to be nice and windy. It's going to be um, very sunny. It faces north away from uh, Belize City and into the you know open ocean. Then you have middle section of the island where we're going to put the buildings which is more protected and less windy it's got um, a little bit more tree cover and um and uh, doesn't get that kind of same heavy wind coming in from the east and then in the back we have uh, a lot of mangroves and those mangroves um have created uh sort of a little mini mangrove forest that we will you know clear out uh, not, not clear out the mangroves. We love the mangroves, just kind of clear the area, uh, between the, the roots and get pathways going through there. Um, and that's sort of, uh, kind of a quiet wooded area. So there's definitely, there's places you can go that are more secluded. Um, 
but you know, I grew up in a family of four and we were fortunate enough to have a one acre property, um, you know, in the, in the suburbs of New York, um, for most of my childhood. And, uh, you know, I never felt like it was cramped at all. And, and every right. time we've had, um, you know, people come and stay with us and parties and other things it always felt like it was very, you know, uh, very spacious and, and natural and you could do stuff that was outdoors and it was, it was a lot of fun. So we, we, um, we're looking forward to having, uh, our stuff set up because, you know, we can host not just, you know, four, six rooms. What is that? 15 people at most, um, you know, on the Island, which is very comfortable. We've done many times and it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's really relaxing and, and not crowded at all, but we could host, um, weddings there, uh, you know, bachelor parties, you know, whatever, whatever you know, whatever it is that you want to do, um, corporate retreats, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we can do there and, and there is room for it. Um, you know, we would love to be able to take some local, you know, bands from Belize city and, you know, get them out there for, uh, you know, music nights and other fun things. That gets into one of the questions I wanted to ask you. I was going to wait until we go through everything and then that's you know, at the end, but you sort of touched on it. Um, in terms of what is your long-term plans for the island? So the long-term plans uh, are, you know, part one, you know, put some buildings on there, start getting it rented out, um, build out uh, a restaurant and a bar so that people can come visit. Uh, we want to have we want to have it be an open place. We want people who are visiting Belize and people who live in Belize and local fishermen to stop by for a beer and hang out, um, you know, to make, to make it a stopping off point or a launching point for diving trips and other fun things. Um, and we want it to be, um, you know, we want it to make money for our investors, but we also want it to be contributing back to the Belizean community. And I, and I think that's, that's a really important thing because a lot of people look at projects like this, you know, I'm not Belizean, um, we have we have a few Belizeans involved in the project, but mostly our investors are not Belizean, and and the thing that drew us to Belize was how welcoming the country was, and uh, both from a legal structure perspective, but also from a culture perspective, uh, and a weather perspective, and you know we want to be contributing members of the society, not extracting members of that society. And, and so to that end, one of our sort of longer term goals is we want to be able to make sure that whatever we're doing, we are net positive. We are improving the community that we're in in some way. Um, so one thing I'd like to do, and uh, I haven't spoken much about it, so I won't call this an exclusive, but it's close to it. Um, one, one thing I'd love to do is um, marine restoration. So I've, I've spent um, years ago, I was working in the Philippines. I was doing disaster response there. Um, and uh, we were, we were rebuilding homes for typhoon victims. We were um, and earthquake victims. We were uh, rebuilding schools, but we also got involved in rebuilding reefs and, and artificial reef structures are surprisingly cheap to build. Um, they're not too hard to deploy. And once they're in the water, you don't have to do anything, right? They're maintenance free. You just sort of drop them and leave them. But one structure, and I'm talking about, you know, three feet, maybe one meter kind of in diameter. Uh, one of those dropped into the water, which cost, you know, 50, 60 bucks all in to build, deploy, you know, and everything uh, can produce 100 pounds of fish per year. Um, and, you know, at local prices in Belize, that pays for itself in a year um, in terms of what can be caught, what can be sold. 
Um, it, it helps improve, um, you know, the fishing in Belize. Um, it also helps improve diving in Belize. And, and so a dream for me, which I have, I've not yet been able to speak to Belizean authorities about doing this and getting the permits I need and all that stuff. But what a dream for me, I think would be to, to build a huge underwater reef as a pilot project for Belize generally, but also as an attraction in and of itself. Because uh, something I'd love to do is, is to get local Belizean artists to build sculptures uh, out of limestone, which is the, um, it's the same chemical composition as coral. So that's how they attach is use limestone um, to basically use the, you know, use those sculptures, drop them in the water, leave them underwater for years and let coral attach onto them and slowly take them over. And I think that would be just the coolest thing to have a diving spot, you know, near the island, something that people could come and see that is just begging you to like to visit, you know, that draws people in from all over the world. Um, because you can see, you know, the, the, you can just imagine what it's like to see, you know, fish swimming around these beautiful sculptures of, you know, a woman singing next to a piano or, a, you know, a man playing basketball or whatever it is, you know, just just like really interesting, cool things that that you can enjoy that then slowly get covered in coral and have fish swimming through them and creating new life and and just have a place that you can go dive and and enjoy yourself. So that, those are sorts of the kinds of projects we want to be involved in for long term. We're we're here for the long haul. We're not we're not looking to to build a business and flip it in a year. Looking for a unique Caribbean island getaway? It's time you discover Stacia. Saint Eustatius is one of Mother Nature's finest creations. Its history and culture is second to none. Stacia, a world leader in ecotourism, features spectacular underwater adventure breathtaking hiking trails, and pristine beaches. Visit stacia-tourism.com to begin planning that one-of-a-kind vacation. When you first thought of the project, did you mention it to any friends and family? And what were their thoughts on it? Of course, they all thought I was insane. <laughs> I, had, I had a handful of friends who, who jumped in and said, you know, that sounds great. Take my money. Let's do this. Okay. Um, you know, to be honest. And uh and they've been some of our, you know, most steadfast supporters throughout the, throughout this whole thing. And uh, you know, eventually, my own mother invested. So it's not like it's, uh, right. you know, it's it's not like it's it's been a, um, you know, a completely uh, you know affair that that has no support at all um, from my group. But I've got a bunch of other friends who kind of are, you know laughed it off and they're skeptical. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and still laugh it off a little bit. And then you know, the other day there was you know the article that came out in CNN uh, a few weeks ago when uh, I just started getting text messages from people saying, Hey, I remember mentioning something like this a few years ago. Is this, is this you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, I, I kept up with it, you know? Yes. So, so I think there's, um, there's a lot of people who, uh, who laugh or have laughed and uh, you know, I don't mind. It is what it is. And everyone has ever started a business big or small, you know, has had somebody going, yeah, okay, sure. You will. Yes. <laughs> you you got to be a visionary, man. That's right. Yeah. In this world, you got to be a visionary. Uh, how long after you decided to go forward with this? I guess the timeline question is coming. Um, did it take you to put the capital together? Um, was this a long process or did it come together quickly? Everything's a long process until it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the This whole project started in, in 2018, actually. So we... One of the things I think that made us successful where others have failed and, and 
you know, I, I, I don't relish the fact that others failed in these sorts of projects. I think everyone should be able to do something like this and have an amazing and really cool, exciting project to be able to show for it. But I've seen a lot of people online, you know, and, you know, over the years kind of say, oh, we're doing this cool thing. We're crowdfunding an island. We're going to do whatever. And they, they make two major mistakes, which I, I found, to, I think are mistakes. One is they say, we need $1 million or whatever the number is, right? This is the number we need and we'll get our island. The second one is, this is the island we're getting. And they advertise it thinking, okay, we're going to buy this island. This is the thing. This is where it's going to be. It's going to be in this place. It's going to look like this. This is everything we have. And those are great if you have a lot of money backing you up already. But but there's no guarantee that you're going to raise a million dollars. And there's no guarantee that even if you did, that island will still be there by the time you get to it. Uh, it's not a, it's not a grocery store item. There's not 500 of them. There's not a fixed price and you can't just pick it up and walk out of the store with it. Right. So, so we didn't do either of those two things. And I think the reason it took so long to answer your timeline question, I think the reason it took so long is that we told people, none of those things. We said, we want to buy an Island somewhere and it it will cost some money. And, and we've seen islands online and, and through our research that, you know, start at $20,000 and they're in the middle of a river in far North Canada. And we've seen islands that are, you know, beautiful multimillion. And we all know, obviously, the ones that are, you know, the huge multimillion dollar, you know, mansions, you know, ready, ready to move in, you know, with their own private, you know, landing strip, uh, you know, in, in the Bahamas. And, and everything in between is, is up for grabs. And we, so what we said is we said, we're going to go out to our friends and family. We asked some people for deposits, sort of get some good faith, you know, ideas of, of who wants to join. We said, if we get 30 people to sign up, we'll, we'll go through with this. Because those 30 people, if they all put in a couple grand each, represent about $90,000. And, and we even announced, we said, if we can raise even $50,000, we'll buy something. We might not do anything with it. We might just buy it and call it a day. Um, because if we can't raise enough money, we'll at least, we'll at least follow through with and buy something. But if, but if we can, we can do something cool with it. So we, we were very honest with people and that meant kind of early on the people who joined us were people who were kind of in, uh, yeah, hell, this sounds like fun. Uh, and then it was a bit of a slog because you get past those groups of people and you move on to the people who are saying, okay, but where is it? But like, but like, what are we getting? And like, how much does it cost? And, and I didn't ever want to lie to somebody. I kept saying, look, I don't know. These are the ones we're looking at. These are the short list things that we would like to put in an offer on. And we got very lucky because when we found Coffee Key and we loved Coffee Key, we actually kept looking. And we and the, in the meantime, we were negotiating the price down. Uh, and we got it for a pretty significant discount over what we originally had been asked. And when we put in our final offer, um, you know, to be honest, we didn't even have all of the money that we needed to buy it. We were a little bit shy and uh, we put in our offer, but we did it on the condition that we'd get one year to pay it off. And, and that helped us a little bit because then that got us to the point where we could say, okay, we're going to put in the offer. We got it accepted. We can give them our deposit, you know, 30% or whatever it is. And then we can pay it off in six months and a year. And we were good on the three and the six months. We were, were short on the year. And, uh, and then that was at the end of 2019. So fast forward a month or two, every, the world shuts down, COVID hits and everything kind of slows down, but we did have enough momentum to get a handful more people signed on to the point where by the end of 2020, we were able to pay that off. And, and that's where we kind of like, 
you know, at that point, you know, then you're paying off the island and the taxes and the lawyers and all the other things that are involved. And, um, and as we emerged from COVID, we were, you know, ready to make another push to, uh, to get this thing fully funded and, and building. And, uh, and that's all happened in the last uh, few months. I'm still finalizing the last shares, but, uh, but there are paperwork issued for everybody and 150 people on my waiting list. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're looking towards the next project now because we want to, we, we know this is funded. We know what we're, what we're going to be able to do. We know what our budget is now and all these kind of unknowns are solved. And the next question is, what do we do next? Um, just one question I have for you. Um, I need a spot for my heliport. Uh, that's all I'm <laughs> requesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. You know, we can do a floating helipad. Um, you know that's what? That's, that's true. true. That that's what I was going to suggest because it was funny you mentioned mangroves right before you got on the 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 uh, podcast with us. I was watching a story that we're talking about how mangroves are very good in terms of dealing with climate change issues yes. and how they're being destroyed in Mexico, which I did not know. So uh, I, I find it ironic that you turn around and bring up mangroves during this conversation. Yeah. No, we love mangroves. We love our mangroves, and we we don't want to take any of them down if. If we do, it'll be one or two, but almost all are going to stay. Um, they they fight erosion. Um, they they keep the the shoreline intact, um, and you'll you'll see uh, you can even see why if you just look at mangroves on the water because you kind of see the waves come in and the rolling waves. They hit these mangroves, and after one layer of these roots, just flat water. There's just nothing. It doesn't it doesn't pull anything away. So, uh, so we love our mangroves and, uh, they, they do so much for the environment that you're living in, but also the environment more broadly. And, um, if anything, we're going to plant more. Nice. Um, we talked about the timeline to getting the Island. What is, what is your, you, you obviously have the right to be hundred percent wrong in terms of your, uh, infrastructure building on the Island itself, but what kind of timeline are you looking for, for that? So we're, we're looking for something in the next uh, probably six months or so. Um, I'm hoping, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's a generous uh, estimate. Right. Uh, if we're up and running by the end of the year, I'll be very happy. So, so yeah, we're, we're going to be putting in for our permits very soon. And, uh, and then the next step beyond that is to, uh, is to start, you know, finalizing our plans and getting those, you know, the building permits in place. Uh, building out a seawall, um, you know, to hold in our beach, and and then figuring out sort of uh, you know where to go from there, and starting to market it because once we have something ready, we're going to be uh, we're going to be on the market, re- you know, ready to take in visitors. Wow, I mean, you've done a fantastic job of marketing already. I mean, you're you know, my girlfriend, I told her we were talking to you today. She actually saw you. I think she said "Good Morning America" or something a couple of weeks back. She already knew about it before I did. Where, where, where is she? Is she in Chicago by any chance? <laughs> uh, well, she used to live in Chicago, but no, she lives with me now. But um, no, she actually, she said she saw it somewhere. Uh, I want to say "Good Morning America." I could be wrong, but she actually saw it before I did. Nice, nice. Yeah, the um, we we were on. Um, I'm trying to think what we were on for TV. We were on a, a TV channel in Chicago. We were there was a story about us in Boston, and and then Cheddar News put mm-hmm. us on did a story about us. 
uh, it's been hard to keep track, to be honest. I mean, I know that's that's kind of a problem you want to have, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've got Google alerts up for all of our stuff, and as stuff gets published, I keep seeing it, you know, online, and I'm always getting that email every day of, you know, we've been published in fifty or sixty languages now, and or fifty fifty or sixty publications in about a dozen languages or more, twenty languages, I think. Yeah, as I saw the languages on on your website. I said, man, these guys really went out there and did a bang up job. How did you get that first public attention? Because usually that feeds the beast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this one was uh, CNN. Uh, there was a freelance journalist that reached out to us and said, you know, I, I found you online. I really like what you're doing. I'd love to do a story about it. And I'm going to be in Belize, you know, in a couple of weeks. And I said, you know, we responded and said, great, Marshall will fly down. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so I booked a trip to to go see him. And, um, uh, you know, just we we camped out on the island. We, you know, barbecued and, you know, you know did a big bonfire and roasted marshmallows and just kind of chatted and, and uh, and at the end of it, you know, he said, you know, oh, I'll write something up. And you know, I didn't think much of it. We've done these sorts of things before, but this one really went viral. We were the number three story on CNN for the entire day in the midst of a war in Ukraine. Yeah. We we managed to bump, you know, them off the front page. We managed to, uh, which I actually hate. Uh, I just recently started a charity to to try to get some aid into Ukraine. So I actually don't love that, but we did do it, and um, without meaning to, and. Um, uh, we also uh, we also bumped um, Ernest Shackleton's ship, the discovery of the Shackleton ship um, off the uh, front page of uh, CNN Travel, uh, bumped them down a notch, which uh, was was uh, surprising. So I, I think it was it was one of those it was one of those days where uh, everything just sort of blew up. My inbox blew up. I got three thousand emails in a day, um, and uh, and we just saw, you know, interest skyrocket and, and, you know, we'd love for it to happen again, obviously, once we're up and running and, and, uh, and are able to, uh, to take in guests, but, you know, just to have that kind of validation that there are people out there who love this kind of thing uh, is, is amazing. Well, you, you did mention earlier that you hit what 150 people on a waiting list. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I guess my next question is what's your next target Island that go by? You got any ideas? <laughs> you know, we, we've been debating it. Uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we have, uh, we want to make sure that we don't promise people anything that, you know, that we can't deliver. Um, and we want to make sure that we are um, sticking to those same principles that got us to this one, which means when we go again, it's going to be, we're raising money. We'd like to buy an island. There's a few we're thinking of. We've actually done a lot of research in this already. Yeah. You, know? Um, you know, we have ones that we like. We know what their budget should be. but if we can't reach our budget, there are still options. And if we can't get the ones we want, there are still options. And we're not going to promise you an exact property or an exact country because we want to make sure that we're not going to mislead you in any way. And uh, so so it, it may be something else in Belize. It may be in Ireland. There's a nice little property in, in County Cork, which we really like. Um, it may be in Asia. There's a 36-acre you know, monstrosity that's uh, that's sitting off of Palawan in, in the Philippines, which uh, which we really like, uh, but it was a little bit out of our price range before. Is that what I saw on your website earlier? Because I think you, you had a list of some of the co uh, contenders. And I think Palomon was one of them. Yep, yep, that's the one. Thirty-six that's acres. One. That's a pretty good, uh, <laughs> pretty it's awesome a hefty plot. Yeah, it's a hefty <laughs> plot. that's that's one where we could say to people, okay, you know, you get your hundred square meters, you get your hundred square meters. You know, like build what you want on it. It's yours. You know. Uh, and then the rest of it, we can turn into something. I mean, there's there's a lot you can do there, and I think it would be really fun to uh, to have uh, to have a property like that. 
Man, I'm, I'm just I'm just running through my head, having been to that region of the world before, thinking of all the possibilities. Yeah, and especially Palawan. I mean, I, I spent two years in the Philippines. I never made it out there, but uh, unfortunately. Um, but for everyone who uh, uh, who has gone, I understand. I mean, the surfing is amazing. The caving is amazing. You know, the the rivers and sort of the, you know, I, I always tell people like you go to the Philippines for the natural beauty. I mean, you stay because the people are just lovely, mm-hmm. uh, but you really go for the natural beauty. That's, that's the main draw for the, for the country. And it really is incredible. And Palawana, it just, it, it covers everything you can, you can want in the Philippines is, is there. And you better hurry up and jump on that property because yeah, somebody's going to hear this and they're going to rush down and try to get it before you do. <laughs> Hey, you know what? They're more than welcome to. There's lots of islands out there. Plenty to go around. <laughs> no, I want 36 acres. There's nothing no. to sneeze at. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. It's uh, we were joking. It's bigger than some countries. Although I don't think, I don't think that's technically accurate. But <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, it's bigger in Monaco. Isn't Monaco its own country? It is. I think no. The smallest country in the, in the on Earth is Vatican City. But I think even that, it's 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 smaller than that. Wow. Yeah, so. but they, but they don't get paradise with it. No, they don't. No, they don't. They wow. do get some really nice churches, though. I mean, if you're into well, that sort of uh, yeah, and, 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 and a lot of money in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we can get the Pope to float us alone. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, uh, you know, we we unless we find buried treasure somewhere, uh, you know, I understand that the Philippines for for a long time is supposedly the, pl- the burial place of a lot of um, uh, pirate treasure and a lot of gold during World War II was apparently buried in that area. So unless we happen to find buried treasure on our Philippines island, uh, we're not going to have quite as much gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, the gold isn't what you're doing. I, I got to tell you, as we wrap this up, this is one awesome concept. And I, I am glad they found you to do this because uh, uh, it, it's a dream that most of us have that we will never be able to fulfill. You guys yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's it's exciting, and and we want to expand it from here. You know, we we do want to launch another island project. Uh, you know, but you know, for us, it's a proof of concept. It's not just about the island itself. It's about being able to community fund things. It's about being able to uh, to sort of build something that people can really be proud of and visit and see and 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 become part of that community. Um, but we want to move beyond there too, because we've got you know, let's buy an island. We've got let's buy an island too, sure. But you've also got let's buy a, a vineyard. You know. Let's 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 buy a ski resort, you know. Let's let's buy a town, you know. There's a lot of stuff out there, and uh, and it's not just about the the purchasing itself. Is that's kind of the fun hook to it, but and in the end, you know, being able to manage it and turn it into something and make it something that's better than it was before, I think, is the most exciting part of the whole project. And and and, the, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this. There's a couple things in your business model that I actually like. One is you're eco friendly. One of my biggest complaints about the bigger conglomerates coming in and buying either property on an island or buying the island itself is they give nothing back to the place in which they got the island from. Yep. Um, you know, Dave's from the Caribbean, and we, he and I have these discussions all the time where these big resorts come in and buy up land, put stuff on it. They pay the locals pennies on the dollar and leave nothing behind. Yeah. And that's, well, I'm a, sure, that's I'm an sure irritation for me. I'm sure Dave has seen, you know, because he's he's from Barbados. I'm sure he's seen all the cruise ships that come down and and dock on the shore, and and uh, you know, people swing by for half a day, and then they go, "Oh yeah, I've been to Barbados." You know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and but, then they and then they got the audacity to charge the destination for docking. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely, and and it's funny, you know, I I I have to hope that sort of there is a net positive because people do come in, they spend money, I get that, and that's great, but but 
you know, even in Belize, they're building this huge, just not far from where we are. Um, you can see it in the, the far, far distance, but not far from where we are south of St. George's Key in, in Belize is a, um, a cruise ship terminal that's being put in, you know, and, and on a big island. And they're not just destroying that island to turn it into this big cruise ship terminal with the, with the white sand beach that's all kind of fake and whatever. They're also proposing to build a gigantic road causeway from that island back to the shore so that when the cruise ships land, they can bus everyone in, you know, to go do their day of shopping or whatever it is that they want to do and, and bus people back. And, you know, on one hand, that's actually great for our business because it means, you know, when they're going to stop for a night, we have a place for people to stay. If they want to do an excursion, they can come visit. we got a lot of things we could try to get people to come do with us. But on the other hand, I mean, just the environmental disaster that's going to be a huge causeway. I mean, a giant road bridge across, you know, I think it's like seven or eight miles of water wow. is, is just going to be a, you know, a nightmare, a nightmare to build and, and a nightmare to um, to maintain and a nightmare for the environment that Belize does a really good job of protecting, you know, almost all the time. They're really, really, really careful because it is like the Philippines. Belize's natural beauty is one of the main things that gets people to come. Right. And and protecting that environment is is so important for its tourism industry, which is, you know, the second or first largest, you know, industry in the country. And, so, you know, and that, but, and that's true of most uh, countries in the world, most countries in the world, their number one industry is tourism. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's number two in Belize. I think number one is sugar. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, uh, they're really, I mean, they've, they've committed to it. You know, they want tourism and they want people responsible tourism. Right. Um, and so they're not selling out like, uh, you know, certain Cancun like beaches, I could mention. <laughs> um, um, no, <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't say any names, but they're not selling out like Cancun. I mean, you know, like some places. Um, and, uh, you know, where they're turning into these, you know, huge hotels that sit on the water and you kind of get your beach and that's it. But they want people to really be a part of the country and kind of come and, and, you know, stay in a place where you're, you know, you're in a community, you're in a town, you get to enjoy it. And, you know, you have these small resorts, but you have people who are really, kind of connecting and they want people to be a part of, of, if not, if not to meet people and be a part of the Belizean culture to experience it in some way and to meet the wildlife and to, to sort of be in the trees and kind of get that feel. Right. Uh, and that's important, I think. And, and, uh, and Belize is doing a great job of that generally. So we're, we're, we're excited to kind of contribute to that. Man. Thank God you guys are doing what you're doing, man. Cause I, I'm, I'm about eco-friendly and sustainable tourism is a big deal for yeah, me. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Having been in this industry, I, I kind of stumbled in this industry through my work at the Travel Channel back in the 90s. And so I've kind of stayed in touch with it ever since. And it, it has always annoyed me that a people eco, eco-friendly tourism has really taken off in the last decade. Thank God for the young people. Um, mm-hmm. But more, my bigger issue is also giving back to the people of these countries who you've potentially just invaded for, to make a buck. Yeah. Uh, not, not everything should be making a dollar. I mean, I understand capitalism and I understand why we have it, but at some point, you know, you got to give something. Yeah. I mean, and at this point we've already, we've already given about a quarter of a million dollars to the Belizean economy, which is great. You know, we, we want to turn that into millions. You know, we want to, we want to be able to bring, to bring as much money as we can to Belize because, you know, Belize's success is our success. Right. You got it. You got it. Well, this has been fun, my friend. Hey, tell us how we can keep up with you. Uh, you know, uh, 
go out your website and anything yeah, else. You feel totally. like, yeah. So, so if you want to see what we're up to, you can find us uh, online at letsbuyanisland.com. You can check us out on Instagram at letsbuyanisland. Uh, if you go into our website, letsbuyanisland.com, and you uh, you want to just add yourself to our waiting list, you know, hit the contact message. Uh, there's a contact button and uh, reach out to us if you want to get involved and invest in, in the next project or uh, get on our waiting list for this one. Uh, you can, there's an own the island button. You can reach out to us. Um, we'll, we'll respond to everybody. And, uh, you know, we want to get people, as many people involved in these kinds of projects as we can. Um, it's, it's more fun for us and we want to get people really, uh, you know, really involved. So, uh, you know, find us online and follow us on Instagram or on Facebook and, and Twitter. It's all let's buy an island. Just, just look out for us. Nice, nice, nice. Marshall, thanks for doing this and taking an hour out of your day. It's awesome that you, you're doing this. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. I know uh, Dave does too. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Dave. I'm sorry your microphone cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for once I get to speak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and this is uh, Michael Gordon Bennett on behalf of Dave Cumberbatch. Uh, thanks for uh, listening to this podcast. And we'll see you next time on another edition of TripCast 360.